Hello Warriors and welcome back to another episode. Um, I just wanted you guys to think about something that's been kind of on my mind lately. I don't know if you've noticed, in kind of, especially if you're in the United States, kind of the cultural battle that's kind of going on. You have basically people who are trying to get rid of religious, I guess religious uh, freedoms. Then there's also what I've been kind of noticing what I'm going to talk about more. Um, our, our Christian culture has kind of taken this like turn to want to fit in. I don't know if you kind of noticed that with a lot of the churches that are very vocal, that are very out there. And when they're asked questions, you should look, look these up. Some of the pastors that I'm thinking of. And see how they answer some of their questions. Which came to mind that. Why is it that these. I mean it's not even just pastors. I would say even some worship leaders. And worship people that we know. When they're asked these certain questions. They respond with either a vague. Empty response. Um, more of a peaceful response. More of a. Let's all get to get along with each other response, but not the biblical one. So it made me start thinking about how am I, how are you guys out there? How are you guys reflecting yourself like Christ to the world? There's times when I've never really thought about some of the things that I've been seeing lately. I mean, even 10 years ago. Um, there was just, you know, why, why can't people want to love Jesus is the kind of the concept that come into my mind. And I've been able to see and watch and observe like the different sermons, the musics, the, the persona that a lot of these leaders have been showing to the world. But the, the problem is as much as I like the fact that there is people feeling connected to what they're saying that are not believers, the outcome of them not standing up for truth, not speaking up when answered the questions, because even in scripture it tells us to be prepared when someone asks us a question. And the answer is, I mean, the best way to describe it, a worldly one. They almost sound like what the people in Hollywood would do to respond to a question they don't really want to respond or they want to respond so that people don't dislike them. Now, I haven't really like jumped into like heavy discussions on certain things, but I have made my stance clear on what I do believe on certain things. And the one thing I kind of notice is that lately I've been hearing pastors, I've been hearing these worship leaders when they're asked questions that is clearly written in scripture for the answer. They don't answer the question. Wait, God would answer the question. You see, it made me go back to thinking about Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now, if most of you have ever been in a church or in Christian schools or even like VBS or um, those other type of vacation Bible school type stuff that you can be involved in at your church, 
these two verses were probably one of the verses that you probably memorized at one point. So in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it is, you know, I appeal to you, therefore, brother, brothers. So sometimes, because like my mind keeps going back to KJV, since this is ESV, I keep thinking like, I want to appeal to you, therefore, brothers or brethren, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, it says, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves or your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, just in that verse alone, you got to understand when you look at this, it says to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Do the one thing right there, specifically in that one verse, holy and acceptable to God. To be that, you need to obey God's word. You need to live out God's word. You need to follow God's word. Is it starting to kind of connect what, what I'm trying to do here? If not, we'll, we'll clarify it. You see, if we are starting to look, act, or be accepted by the world, that should be a red flag. And that should be a red flag for you going to a church that's pushing that. That makes sense? Because if we are supposed to be holding acceptable to God, we're not going to be holding acceptable to the world. Because the world's not going to look at what we do and say, oh, yes, you know, thank you. Thank you for being that way because it makes me think about what I'm doing wrong. No, the world is not thinking that way. The world is absolutely opposite of that. In fact, if you've ever had discussions with just even your Christian brother and sister and you tell them that they are wrong or not accepting of your criticism, as they would put it, or your, as they would also call it, your judgmentalness or being judgmental. So if we brothers and sisters can't even accept it and we have the Holy Spirit in us what makes you think the world's going to be like oh man Christians are so amazing they keep telling us that Jesus is amazing and that we're all sinners and we're all going to hell that sounds great now that's why the next verse is so important it says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, the second verse really complements the first verse because it tells you straight up. I mean, if you guys have ever heard the phrase, not of this world, if you've ever had any of their clothing line, any of their, you know, jewelry, whatever it was that you may have got from them when they were really active, um, do you ever stop and wonder why they have not of this world? It comes from this phrasing, do not be conformed to this world. Okay. To conform means to become like. Is that, is that starting to click in now? It's to become like the world. Do not become like the world. And the thing is, what I've been seeing lately, especially within the last decade, heavily, we're trying to fit in. 
who have less people willing to stand up for truth or to even step away from worldly things and to be more acceptable of it because it's the norm. We twist things like homosexuality. There was a time where we believe homosexuality as a church is wrong. And we would say it. Today, if you say it, you hate people. You're a homophobe. Why are you so judgmental and prejudiced towards these people? Well, my second question to you is, if it was a group of liars saying that this is part of their race, would you accept them? How about a bunch of murderers? Would you accept them? Would you even sit there and question it? Well, yeah, but that's different because these people are loving each other. Well, God says it's not good. It's not acceptable. And it's not holy. And what does the verse 1 even say? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. The second verse says that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. God's perfect plan for humanity was a man and a woman. Very simple. Just based on that one point. Yeah, but now you're not talking about people with divorce. You're not talking about people who are living together. Well, let's put that all together. God's acceptable plan is for a man and a woman to be together in marriage and union. So people living each other with each other, is that right? No. It's not a hard, it's not rocket science. It's it's very simplistic understanding that this, these two things, the way that we've done our sexualization of marriage and dating and all that, what it looks like today, and it's heavily in our Christian culture, especially like just getting you know, divorced is the normal, we've accepted it. It's kind of interesting to see how Divorce became more acceptable, then living with each other became more acceptable, and now homosexuality is more acceptable. But all three of those are not the design that God had planned. Now, I will say for those who have been divorced, did you fight for your marriage? Two, were you being abused and attacked and hurt and... and all sorts of evil things happening to you that staying there would either one kill you three you commit suicide or four you know destroy your kids then yeah you need to get out of that but there's also that desire that you should be praying for that ex and hoping that god will find a way to redeem them even though what they did was evil because it goes right back to we are created in his image. We are created with characteristics, specifics that Adam and Eve brought sin into this 
this creation. And now we are a fallen state. We're all sinners. We all need Christ. So even someone who did evil to you, your desire should be that they discover Christ so they could be redeemed just like you have. But they did horrible things. So did you. I didn't do anything. That, not, not exactly what they did. But living in sin, being a slave to it, gives you the same penalty that they're going to get. Eternal death. But they deserve it. You did too. You see, here's the issue that I've been seeing is that we've become a very emotional Christian culture. So it's based on how we feel. You see, in verse 2, it, this part I kind of jumped over when we got into this little discussion is, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You see, Satan understands this. He is using this against us. His, his cohorts are out there trying to change our mindset. Because within reason, us not telling homosexuals that they are in sin by saying that we need to love them because, hey, they love each other too, you're basically excusing God's truth by twisting another truth to create a truth. And the only way that could possibly happen is if your mind gets renewed. You experience being around homosexuals all the time. So you get comfortable. You see friends that you love who are finding love. It was acceptable. Family members, brothers and sisters, cousins that you're close to, they've discovered love. And isn't that the picture of what God has designed? Love? Well, see, that's the problem. You haven't studied God's word. You don't know God's word. You don't understand the different versions of love. You also don't know the perversions of love. Because honestly, I would actually bring in, then there should be nothing wrong for any guy or woman who wants to be in love with a child. Because that does exist in this world. There is countries that do accept older adults marrying children. That's pedophile. Not in those countries. Why is it okay in those countries, but not okay in the United States? I want you to think about that for a moment. Why is it okay in those countries, but not okay in the United States? And the simple answer is because the United States is built on scripture. I don't care what all these new new age historians are trying to say that no, it wasn't. You know, the United States was not built on a bunch of Christians. It was built on uh, what, what they call. Oh, I forgot the name. Uh, they basically they they didn't they weren't Christians. They blah, blah, blah. Not all of them were Christians. I do agree with that. I don't. I like Ben Franklin. I do have doubts that he was a Christian. But where do you think these people? got the idea or the structure behind our Bill of Rights, Constitution, and law itself. 
sadly, I, I, I'll be honest, I wish they had made a stance on what is a man and a woman. Made it very defined in the law. Because the scripture is very defined. If you were to battle the concept of homosexuality versus marriage, it's simplified. God said man and woman. This is not about homosexuality. This is just about understanding that how the mind can change so much. Like, why is it more acceptable for us to lie to help our family? Why is it more acceptable for us to feel the Holy Spirit or not? Why is it more acceptable for us to not talk about sin, but to talk about good things, about Jesus? Why is it more acceptable about us always talking about love and peace like we were in the 1960s when clearly Christ wants us to be warriors of Christ. I don't mean going out and picking fights, but meaning that we are in a spiritual battle. There is a war going on around us, and we should be in prayer. We should be talking about the truth. We should be standing for what is holy and acceptable, what is good and what is perfect. Yet, sadly, we aren't. I want you to think about that as we go to a commercial. Hey, Warriors, welcome back. And we've been talking about Romans 12, 1 and 2, um, just how the mind is so easily twisted. And the thing is, I will say this, what's interesting is that the twisting has taken time. Something that really works is a slow fade of twist of truth to create a new generation of mindsets. Now, what we don't see and what we don't connect is what we don't realize, actually, is that it's not only the twist of the Christian culture, but where does it kind of bend from? Well, one, removing God out of the schools has given a foothold for the enemy to get into the schools. If we look at the public schools today compared to public schools when I was younger, the teachings are very different. What do you mean it's the same education? No, I'm talking about the teachings. The mindset of the teachers, the the cultural impression that they put on our teens and our young people and um, elementary. I mean, if you were to really go and talk to, like, uh, the best way to do it would be, you could look online, you could find that there's uh, groups of people that go visiting, like, they visit colleges and they ask questions and they have these debates, right? If you were to go and ask college students what are they being taught today or even high school, you will find that they're being very manipulatedly changed, their mindset. I mean, there was a video with a, a woman, she was a mom, and her two kids were in the back, and we're talking, it sounds like they have to be eight, nine, maybe seven years old. And they were describing Jesus. 
And where they learned it from was their schools. That, you know how Jesus wears the, I guess you'd call it like a overall shirt goes all the way down to the ground. I forget what they call them. Tunic kind of. They were describing Jesus as a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a drag queen because he wore a dress. They also were describing that uh, Jesus was probably bisexual because he loved everybody, both guy and, guy and girl. And this is true. There's an actual video out there. And you can hear the kids say it. So what does that tell you? What does that make you think now? If these kids are being able to say those words and say that about Jesus based on what they're being taught, when they grow up, what do you think they're going to think like? Because that mom could do everything possible to teach them the truth, and God can keep them you know, following the truth, but that mindset is going to be a part of them. So there is this compromise that starts happening as they grow up. And I've seen it in tons of so-called Christians who, when they stand for like homosexuality, they, on one hand, believe most of the scriptures, but on the other hand, when it goes against certain things that they believe in, their, their feelings, their emotions, their personal desires, if it doesn't fit that, then the, then the person who said it that it does is wrong, a judgmental and hateful. When in reality is then you're calling God judgmental and hateful. Because he's the one that states it, not me, not those who stand for it. No, it's, this is what God says. You're just in denial because you can't see possible that a God who loves and sent his son to die on the cross could be so negative towards people. But in reality, he's... He's holy. Holy means no sin. So there's no acceptance of sin, which is why Jesus had to die. Because in our own merit, none of us would be going to heaven. Pretty clear. We go to 1 John 2, 15 and 17. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I want you to think about that. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. So if you are accepting bad behaviors and ideals and philosophies and teachings in the church that aren't coinciding with the scriptures. It's not from God, from the world. And who is the prince of the world? Satan. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. It's really very simple, gentlemen. 
you and I as men in this in this world, in the church and our families, need to understand and stand on truth. When we become more acceptable of things that are not of truth, we're following the world. But what but what about my kids who have chosen these lifestyles and this thinking goes right back to the one thing. Pray for them. If you were teaching them truth, the Holy Spirit will reach them. But it's their decision, not yours, to what they choose. And I know that's not what you want to hear. Sometimes people just don't choose God. Other times, it could take time, years, decades. They can change. They can go back to God. He'll, he'll never stop longing for them to come back i mean you gotta think about like the prodigal son and how he went and wasted all of his money and came back and what did his father do he took him in is there consequences sure not gonna have an inheritance he's not gonna be the same but it does not mean god won't use him won't change him and transform him to the man he needs him to be because he came back. The key thing is returning back to God, obeying him, getting back in his word, studying it, following it, believing in it, not part, pieces and parts of it, because that's another thing that our church has been doing lately, is not really talking about all the, the dirt of the Bible. Only the good stuff. Only the things that will be more acceptable by the world because if they can see that we can be good and loving people they'll be more accepting us and the thing is if they're accepting you then you're not walking in truth and you're not doing what God is asking of you because the world's not going to like you they might like some things that you do but once they find out hey you don't you don't think homosexuality is okay or that I don't know. You shouldn't be lying just because you can get something out of it. Or um, you need to stop living with your boyfriend or girlfriend because you're not married. You need to stop having sex because you're not married. You need to stop um, cussing because it's inappropriate and God asks you to stop doing it. Yeah, but everybody else... Uh, don't be everybody else because God even tells you don't be don't be like the world comes right back to the same cycle the, the reasoning is that we create reasoning to, to not do what God asks and that straight up is called disobedient and it's, it's a tough word to think about but yeah when you're not following God's word you're disobeying him you're being like the world.
You see, that's the main thing about transformation of our mindset comes from the understanding that that means we have to obey his word. We got to trust his word. We got to do what the word says. We can't walk around acting as if, well, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sundays and I do Bible studies, so I'm a good Christian. But yet we're out there walking and marching with the BLM group who are evil Marxists because we want to have an agenda to support. Or we're out there with Pride Month proudly wearing the wrong rainbow, not the rainbow of promise, but the rainbow of the devil, basically. I'm not saying homosexuals are evil, but they are sinners. Because I've met many, and they were wonderful people to meet. But just like everybody else who is a sinner, they need Jesus. And if any of them are saying, while being actively doing homosexuality, that they're, they're Christians, need to start rechecking themselves. Just like any of us who chase into any type of sin like pornography or addicted to having sex or getting drunk doing drugs because when you talk to most people that are in these other avenues they will tell you that they don't feel worthy of God and why would they feel that because they have guilt because they realize what they're doing is wrong and how it destroys. And the main thing is, my wife says, the reason about sexual sin compared to other sins is that sexual sins are visible. I think it's also interesting that people who drink, get drunk, can be very invisible. People who do drugs can be very invisible. Now, mind you, there are some drugs that have physical feature changes that you can see it. That's a consequence for doing it. But she's actually kind of right. The reason why we focus so much on sexual ones is the visual. It's a little different when you see a man and man holding hands and kissing each other versus man and woman living each other and having sex together but never, never married and even have kids together. Always, it's a very different picture. <clears throat> because we are a very visual culture. We we don't like to have bad appear appearances, especially the Christian ones. That's why you have a lot of pictures where it shows people who come in with tattoos and dress differently than everybody else in church. Therefore, they must be a sinner because they, they don't dress like me. Oh, look at that. You know, they they don't, they cuss too much, so they must be an evil person. I don't. See, the twist on this whole thing is that you need to be careful you don't become self-righteous and prideful. Because everybody's in a different level of journey of knowing who Christ is. But the difference between people who are coming to church because they're hungry for God and people who are living in their sin is people who are hungry recognize they're a sinner while those who live in their sin are still living in sin. You ever wonder why or I should say you ever wonder if God has a plan for you 
stop sinning and ask. Turn from your sin and see what he could do. Amen. It's our responsibility to lead in the scriptures, be the voice. Casting Crown Sound, be the voice of truth. If you haven't heard that, go listen to it. These verses are, are a little bit more than just being a good Christian. When you love something, you put your all in it. When you conform to something, you put your all in it. If Paul is telling us to not love the world and to not conform to the world, there's a reason for that. I want you to think about that. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time spending your word. I pray that I was speaking truth. I pray that, Lord, you continue to move me to speak of truth. Give me the courage to do so. I pray that your name be honored and glorified, that we'll be able to see how wonderful your word is and how it can be transformed in people's hearts and minds and spirit. That they may find and discover more about who they are in Christ. That they'll be able to discover more about your love and your grace and what redemption is that you would redeem hearts today and anybody who's been listening if they've been struggling with sin that they find the help to be able to get accountable for one but two to be able to walk back on truth get back on track because i will say this and i'm going to say this real quick when you're saved and you accept christ doesn't mean the sin goes away You will always have temptation. And the temptation will most likely be things that you have struggled with already. This is, this is me speaking. So if you are someone who's been struggling with homosexuality, with pornography, living with their boyfriend or girlfriend, um, lying, stealing, abusing other people, anger issues, hate those temptations will always be around. But the best part is we have a Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who will help us to stay accountable, who will keep us on track because the Holy Spirit is in us. And this is why you need to find a brotherhood or a sisterhood of, of other Christians to get around with. We should be praying for one another, encouraging one another, building up one another the lord i pray today that you will move people today to be there for other brothers and sisters in christ that you build a brotherhood a sisterhood in the churches that will be there for one another things get tough and the sin becomes harsh and and just all over us You have made escapes for temptation, and we are no longer enslaved to sin. I thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross. And I pray that today that anyone who's listening 
will also be changed. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for listening, and I pray that this will be transforming and that you will discover more about yourself in Christ, but also learn more about our Lord. I pray, I pray that your day go well, goes well, and I'll see you next time.